wherever two or three are gathered, there's potential for conflict. Is that how that verse goes? Okay, not quite. But is our reality even at camp? So in this episode, Jake sits down with Amber Hill Anderson, who is a camp enthusiast, mediator, and conflict resolution specialist. So they're going to talk about some strategies and some methods to manage conflict at camp this summer. As the summer comes up, we know that there is potential for disconnect sometimes between staff or between campers. And so they're going to talk through some specific ideas specific to camp about how to make connections, build bridges, and manage potential conflict this summer at camp. Welcome to the Sacred Playgrounds Podcast, where we dive deep into theology, research, and practical wisdom for camps, retreat centers, and other key ministry spaces. I'm your host, Jared Rendell, camp enthusiast and part of the Sacred Playgrounds team. This podcast features Dr. Jake Sorensen, a scholar and practitioner who's helping leaders think more deeply about outdoor ministry and the impact it's making. Wonder with us what God might have in store at your Sacred Playground. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. It's good to have you with us. We have a very special guest. Actually, she's not a guest. She's one of us. Uh, She's been with Sacred Playgrounds for a number of years, and I'm so excited to uh, be talking with Amber Hill Anderson about a topic that she really knows a lot about. It made a lot of sense to have her on today. So Amber, it is so good to see you. How are you doing today? Great, Jake. I'm so excited to be here and excited to always talk about camp. Absolutely. We we sometimes get on the telephone and we just talk about camp for hours. We sometimes can't even go on the telephone because we take so much time. We have to text each other. Kind of funny the way that works. So if we go a little long today, it's just because we like talking to each other and about camp. (laughs) So um, Amber, not everybody knows you. So give us a give us a brief synopsis. Who are you? What's your what's your connection to camp? Yeah, so I uh, had the great fortune to work at camp all throughout the summers in college. So I worked at Sky Ranch for two years, um, and maybe at like two and a quarter, I showed up for a brief period uh, in my last summer of college. Uh, I think unbeknownst to my camp director, to be honest, but he was graceful, gracious enough to let me stay. And then after college, I worked for a summer at WAPO and uh, let's Lake Wapagasset, and I was always running the ropes courses when I was at camp. And um, I loved it. Like it was a really deep and impactful time of my life. It's, you know, shaped who I am and it shaped my career. So I'm really grateful for those experiences and times. Uh, so ropes they- courses, you were always dealing with the, the emotions and the potential conflicts and just the, the anxiety. So that was an interest yeah. of yours right from the beginning. Yeah, it was a heightened uh, point for campers during their week. And I really enjoyed um, the, the opportunity to work with campers out of their element and to foster that collaborative time and, uh, you know, that, that, like I said, heightened experience, kind of the mountaintop experience um, that then fed into other greater conversations and other greater experiences with the campers. So what are you up to now? Well, now I am a mediator in Colorado. I've been doing that about five years. 
and I focus on civil county and district cases. So that can be anything from neighbor to neighbor disputes, family disputes, uh, debt, all those types of different cases. I'm also an adjunct faculty member at the University of Denver. I teach conflict resolution, negotiation, and research. So depending on the quarter, uh, that's the class that I'm teaching. So grateful to have your expertise with us today to talk about this important topic. So Amber, give us a sense of what a mediator's role is. Like, what do you do? Where do you fit in with, I mean, maybe the legal process or when somebody has a conflict, how, how does that come to you? So in Colorado, a mediator is a neutral third party who works with the parties to find solutions. And often the way that I get cases is the court will order mediation for participants prior to them uh, being able to go to litigation. So the attempt is for parties to first come to a solution on their own prior to seeking the ruling of a judge. And very often it's successful. So very often parties are able to find a solution on their own with the help of a mediator so that they can avoid the, the cost and expense and the time that litigation requires. And so that's where I show up. This is amazing. I mean, such, such important work as we think about how, I mean, sue happy, the, the society has become, you know, I'm going to sue you for this, or I'm going to come after you legally for this. Um, anytime there's a, there's a dispute and sometimes a dispute between, you know, loved ones, I imagine. I mean, I've certainly seen that um, in, in some of my friends and family members when there's been, you know, something like a divorce or something like that. And it gets really, really ugly, but it's not just in family disputes. I mean, I've just been seeing so much in our society today about bullying and conflict and, and people getting really mean to each other. Can you give us some insight into what's going on there and, and what you're seeing, you know, from, from your perspective? Yeah, my sense is that we've gotten away from an understanding of the spectrum of possibility when it comes to conflict. There's lots of ways to resolve it. And at least when I talk with people, often what I hear is I either have to roll over or I have to litigate. And there's not a good understanding of the spectrum of, of possibility in there. And luckily, often the court will understand that. And that's why mediation gets ordered. So it's, it's one of the options on a menu of um, ways to address conflict effectively. And so sometimes litigation really does make sense, truly. I'm not, you know, anti-litigation in every case. But even prior to prior to filing a case or like what you're talking about with bullying, when it's, it's a lower, um, lower level dispute, it can still be consequential and important for people. And I, what I think has been lost that I work really hard to reinstill in people is that sense of like, there are options out there. Think through all the options um, critically and with some time and space before moving forward so that there's the best possible outcome. Sure. So, I mean, young people usually aren't going to sue one another, you know, but they okay. are experiencing conflict that we do need to help them work through. And so, you know, what do you see happening, you know, among young people, um, children, young adults um, in, in terms of is, is this problem getting worse? It feels like it's getting worse. And we've talked about some statistics in previous episodes where, you know, statistics say it's getting worse. So, so again, what are you seeing in terms of the, the youth and young adults? So I have a colleague who described our current climate as increasingly spicy, which I think is a good <laughs> characterization. Uh, tensions are higher. People feel stressed, sometimes attacked, and sometimes for good reason, right? 
uh, I think there's not a good understanding of nuance all the time. And that can be a little bit, you know, nebulous to state, but I think social media exacerbates problems. Um, social interactions are decreasing, especially with the pandemic. And so there's, there's some social skills that would usually be um, just part of everyday life that has really been put on the back burner, um, you know, in the last couple of years, just, just due to the, the public health crisis. So it's a lot of all or nothing thinking that is present. Um, that seems, it seems very addressable to me. I think there, there's a lot that can be mitigated and a lot that can be addressed well. Um, understanding, of course, there are those extreme cases and I'm not necessarily talking about those, but there's, there's a lot in there. Like you said, youth aren't probably going to sue each other, um, but there can still be uh, a consequential conflict and there can still be an actionable, real solution that works for everyone. Method, I think, is what's getting lost. So again, oh, the yeah. of addressing well, that, help us out with this. I mean, because I, I, I love the, I love the, the analogy of spiciness because some people can't handle any, and some people just thrive on it. They want, they want to go as spicy as you can get, and so you know, they're, they're actually looking for, you know, some of this conflict. And so there's such a challenge here of, of dealing with different personalities and different people. Uh, but talk to us about method. So how do we get, how do we start? You know, what, what are some of the things we can do um, to um, avoid some of these, some of these conflicts? Well, you, William Urey talks about going to the balcony, which is a really useful strategy. And by that, he means take some time and space away so that you can uh, survey the landscape. And I think that is really helpful. You know, again, we're very reactive. We're really in the moment. And that's, you know, it might feel good to have the zinger in the moment. And it very rarely <laughs> is helpful in the long term. Um, so I would recommend first people go to the balcony and take a look at the landscape to see, you know, what it is, what is possible. Because um, in the balcony, you can see more than, you know, in the moment. And so there might be options that you hadn't considered. And so when I talk about the spectrum for addressing conflict, you know, there's, of course, direct negotiation, person to person, and then there's mediation where it's still direct person to person, but with a third party neutral to help facilitate the conversation. Um, in the legal world, there's then arbitration. So that would be, you know, like a private judge, essentially, um, who hears out the, the different parties and then makes a decision for them. And that decision is binding. Uh, depending on the organization, this wouldn't apply so much for youth, but in general, for the adults listening in, um, there's also ombuds. So ombuds can be an internal dispute resolution practitioner who um, is outside the hierarchy of the organization, and they can provide recommendations, but they're not an enforcing body. And then, of course, there's the, the nuclear option, and I think it should remain the nuclear option, is litigation. So that would be, you know, formal um, high cost. And then a judge makes a decision whether you're happy with that decision or not. Right. That's the place you don't want to go if you can avoid it at all. And, right. you know, I just, you know, even as you're talking through these options, I think of the biblical connections to this, you know, when Jesus talks about, you know, settling disputes, you know, first go to the person and talk to them about these disputes. And then if you can't resolve it, bring another witness or two and try to work through it. And then if that doesn't work, bring it to the whole church. Yeah, You know, so, so kind of that, that sort of escalation in terms of, you know, sometimes you can handle it one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes you need 
another brother or sister in Christ to work through it with you. Um, and that's where, that's where kind of this mediation is that you're talking about. So, so in terms of method, you say, go to the balcony. I love that. You're getting fresh air. You're getting a new perspective, right? You see things from a different, from a different angle, um, a, a little bit of time to breathe deeply. Um, what else can we do in terms of method here? Uh, I think also, you know, not that I would edit the Bible, but I, I would add <laughs> that whoever you bring in needs to be thought through as, is that person welcoming for the other person as well? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think the tendency to like bring in buddies and to show like what a strong backing you have, that's going to put the other person on the defense right away. Because think about it, if that, if the tables are turned and that happens to you and suddenly you've got this group in front of you telling you, you know, the conflict that you caused, it's going to put you on the defense automatically. So being a critical thinker and being thoughtful about the other side, which is hard to do in the moment and is hard to do when tensions are flared, but having the right people in the room can really be important for the uh, recipe of success. We'll call it since we're talking about spicy things. Um, so who, who is involved really matters. And so if, you know, you may have the best friend who makes you feel good and who, you know, is totally behind you 100%, but that best friend may not actually be the best person to bring with you into the conflict, um, when addressing the other person, especially if that other person doesn't have the same relationship with your best friend. Oh, that's so helpful. You know, you're not trying to gang up. I mean, cause that, that would be the tendency, right? To right. Find somebody who takes my side and then we can be two on one. This is this is all really helpful. Um, so let's do this. Let's let's take a quick break. And then then what I want to do with you, because you have so much insight into relationships at camp and with these understandings of conflict resolution, let's get really practical um, and talk about camp because summer is coming. Uh, staff training is right around the corner. Campers are going to be here for some camps, you know, in about a month uh, from the time that we're doing this recording. And so um, these things can be really helpful uh, for our summer staff um, and for our program directors. So uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll get really specific about camp. Hey, camp friends. Sacred Playgrounds has a brand new resource designed just for your summer staff. It's called Holy Ground, a guide for summer camp staff. At its core is a daily devotional that accompanies your staff through the summer. From the intensity of staff training to the exciting early weeks of programming, on through the challenges of midsummer, and then the bittersweet exhaustion of those closing weeks. The devotion includes wisdom and reflections from dozens of current and former summer staff from multiple Christian traditions. We'll also help staff make the transition from summer camp back to their home and school environments. Alongside these devotions are pages devoted to some of the most pressing issues facing your summer staff including how to address tough questions and doubt, interpreting the Bible at camp, addressing mental health challenges, and key findings about the camp experience from the research at Sacred Playgrounds. Order by May 1st to get your copies in time for staff training. This resource is available at sacredplaygrounds.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. We're talking with Amber Hill Anderson about conflict resolution. We're going to get really specific now and talk about camp. So we've been talking about it in general, but let's talk about how we can apply some of these things at camp. So at camp, you know, you have the benefit where it's probably going to be more in person than life outside of camp. 
which is wonderful. So what good practice for campers and what good practice for staff to be direct with each other uh, and to go to the person in person to find some solutions. So it's become an underutilized method for conflict resolution of just going to the person in person and skipping the electronic means. You know, with electronics, you lose tone, you lose context. Um, I had a friend who, you know, she was outside of camp, but she was in a dispute with a, a business and she received an email that started off, dear ma'am, and she was irate. Now this is a lovely, rational, <laughs> like just wonderful human being who in any other circumstance, dear ma'am would have been like a non-issue. And she's venting to me about this dear ma'am email. And I said, you know, I love you. I think you got to let that one go on the spectrum. You got to pick your battles and that's probably not going to be one <laughs> that's winnable when they're using professional voice with you, you know, uh, this is so fun. I can totally relate to this. Like I, I sometimes, you know, I sometimes don't think, and I just kind of write my emails or something and somebody takes offense and I'm like, wait, what happened? And, and sometimes I'm really trying to be careful with the wording and picking something like, okay, what do I say? You know, and like, dear yeah. ma'am, it's like, oh yeah, I, I might've done that, you know, at some point, you know, it's just, you never know how things are going to be taken when you do them in personally like that. Yeah. And you don't get to pick the context of the other person who's reading it electronically. So that's part of the benefit of, of I know there's a lot of conflict avoidance uh, currently in our society. I think people feel like it's too aggressive to be direct, but there's lots of ways to approach people that aren't an attack. And in person, especially with good timing, uh, for both you and the other person can really be helpful, even if it's, you know, it feels scary in the moment. Um, it really can be helpful for finding a solution to avoid that escalation to, you know, to talk with the person directly and to get to the bottom of it before things get, you know, more heated. Um, I think that's gotten lost, uh, sure. that ability to, to be in person. So at camp, we get to exercise that. That's one of the things we highlight about the benefits of camp. You know, you can't mm -hmm. just unfriend a person. You can't just you know, walk away, like you have to deal with it. And so, um, yeah, this is, this is awesome. So at camp, we have that part built in going mm -hmm. to the person, or at least the person is right there for you. Um, what else about camp? So I think there can be some conflict prevention as well, that especially since camper or sorry, staff are just about to get started. Um, ask early what those avenues for conflict resolution within the organization may be. So whether it's the hierarchy of the camp, who's whose boss, I know I didn't always show up and ask those questions. And then, you know, when suddenly I needed to know the answer, it became a little more awkward to, to go find out, well, who is that person's boss uh, in case this does have to escalate. So uh, there's probably some type of process that, um, you know, leadership will be um, employing when conflicts do arise. So getting to know those things first while things are good can be really effective just, you know, in, in mitigating any future conflict. And then again, finding that time and space with your colleague uh, when, it, when it's a staff-to-staff -staff conflict, uh, finding a space in private first, which can be a huge challenge at camp, right? It's a jam-packed schedule. Uh, there's not a lot of private space. There's not a lot of personal space. <laughs> but I think, you know, trying to find those moments can be really helpful um, and, a, and possibly away from campers if it really is a staff-to-staff -staff member conflict. Um, is helpful because you don't want an audience um, and you don't want uh, uh, 
to bring in more people that aren't involved and you know have this glam on effect that's not helpful for anyone so sure makes sense so you mentioned the staff to staff conflict i mean i can i can kind of imagine two different types of conflict right i mean you could have a conflict with another staff member or have to work on mediating a conflict between two staff members or it could be a conflict among campers and so do you see these things as similar different i mean how how different are those you know in terms of conflict resolution yeah i think again the options are different with staff to staff conflict i one time had a, a conflict with a colleague when i was working at camp who i really respect uh still to this day still respect uh and enjoy but they had um not followed a safety rule that i had set and so you know obviously i was upset i chose not to react in the moment in front of campers and I, uh, because we were lateral colleagues, like we're on the same level, I went to our, um, you know, our joint supervisor and said, hey, this happened, you know, what do you recommend? And so that supervisor and I brainstormed, um, I was very lucky, he was also very lovely. And he said, well, try this first. He actually recommended, you know, go talk to him first. If that doesn't go well, come back, you know, and, and we'll address it together in a different format. And I said, great. So I went and uh, uh, found my colleague, uh, pulled him out of his cabin at a time that worked for him because there was another staff member to watch his campers and uh, basically said, you know, the safety rules are there for the camper's safety and for our safety. I understand you don't agree with it, and I'm glad that nothing bad happened today, but the expectation is that will be followed in the future. And that was essentially it. He heard me. He apologized. And uh, again, because he's a lovely human. Um, and and the rest of the summer went fine. But my concern was having not addressed it, then every time he, we were back working out uh, with each other and on the ropes, that I would have to be concerned that he would break the safety rule. And that just didn't wasn't a concern because we addressed it promptly. So um, in a sense, I guess I was very lucky to have a receptive audience. And I was also very lucky to have not only a strategy, but also a follow up strategy in case you know, that initial conversation hadn't gone well. This is helpful too. I mean, as we think about, you know, how easy it is to just kind of let things slide, you know, oh, like you said, oh, he's a lovely human. It, he didn't really mean this, um, but no, it's got to be addressed now. And so addressing it promptly, I think is um, great advice for these, these summer staff members who, again, they don't want to damage relationships or cause a scene, um, but it is important to not let these things fester. Yeah, there seems to be this myth about that by avoiding it, uh, it'll go away. And not that that, you know, never happens, but I think it happens less than we realize, or, you know, it might fester, you know, if I had stayed stuck in concern that I wasn't going to be listened to when on the ropes course, like that would be a, a conflict for the rest of the summer, whether or not, you know, we're yelling at each other in the moment or not. And so I was able to move on and do my job well, um, because we were able to nip it in the bud. Awesome. Thanks. Are there other suggestions that you have in terms of like the staff to staff um, conflict? Yeah, I think another thing that I, you know, remember is a lot of uh, venting and like not that venting is harmful, but again, picking your person <laughs> and being thoughtful of who that person is for the other person that you have a conflict with um, and then not staying stuck in venting. So, you know, with venting, also start strategizing. And if you're that person being vented to, 
start strategizing with that person. They do need to feel heard and they do need to, you know, probably get something off their chest, but only to the degree that then there is action at the end of it to find that solution. Uh, so venting for venting sake can be really problematic. Um, and that's what I would encourage people to think about if either the ventor or the ventee <laughs> um, to once kind of the, the smoke is cleared, uh, start thinking about what's practical, what's actionable, you know, what's next. That makes good sense too. I mean, sometimes we need to vent. And so like, if I have that much frustration inside of me that like, I mean, sometimes I'm so upset with somebody that it's not going to be helpful for me to go to that person in that moment. And so is that where the balcony comes in or how do I, like, where do I, if I need to blow off some steam or I go to the person, how do I, how do I do that and still yeah, make sure it's in person? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, you know, recognizing when the venting has occurred, right? So, and it might be, you have to do something physical in the meantime too, or singing, or I know people have all sorts of ways to blow off steam. So understanding what that thing might be for you and doing that before having the direct conversation. So um, I think we've all experienced that person who, you know, the vento of person A, person B, person C, person D, and great each person because they're camp people is a willing ear, but at some point it does have to stop, right? Like vent, great, and then move on to the, the next step or encourage your colleague to move on to the next step. Awesome. Awesome. So that's staff. So you said that, I mean, it, it seems like it would be different for campers. So, so how, what kind of suggestions do you have as these staff members prepare for the summer uh, for dealing with person-to-person conflict among campers? Yeah, I, you know, I think staff know this, but I just want to reiterate the obvious that whatever you do to model and how you address the conflict is what this campers are going to remember. Campers are going to remember how you make them feel, not necessarily if you have the exact right word choice. And so model what it is you would want your campers to do the week after they leave camp or the month after they leave camp, because they will remember you. And if you don't think you're a role model for your campers, all due respect, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't need to know your camper to know that you are definitely a model for them and they're looking up to you. Um, so I would encourage people to think about, okay, in, in my ideal world, how would this be addressed and then model that for the campers. So that can be, you know, remain, remaining as the calm presence in the midst of conflict. It can be, you know, um, de-escalation, you know, talking softly, addressing it in person, all those different pieces can be really helpful. Um, hearing people out, hearing your camper out. Uh, can be really helpful for addressing the conflict in the moment and showing your camper effective conflict resolution strategies. Awesome. So what are some of those? So, so when you, what are some of those strategies then when I'm, when I'm there and I've got my campers and they have a, they have a conflict. I mean, so there's an argument that goes on. So obviously we don't want to avoid it just like with staff. We want right. to address it. What are, what are some of my first steps then? I think, I mean, first it's safety, right? I'm just because we know bullying actually happens. Like if there's a safety issue, safety issue is always first, you know, make sure your campers are safe uh, first physically, and then you can work on the emotionally and uh, intellectually safe, uh, intellectual safety later. Um, 
But first, make sure everyone is safe because you're not going to get anywhere until that's addressed, irregardless. And then it's, you know, often sitting down with the campers and, and talking it out and hearing both sides and having the, both sides hear the other. So creating that space where there is that listening uh, is really powerful. And I think, again, it's a, it's a tool that we're losing that, and that is um, undervalued, where each person shares their perspective, each person shares their experience in front of the other person so that they hear it and so that they understand, even if they don't agree, what the other person is experiencing. So that, you know, that's kind of mediation 101 <laughs> of each listening to each other and then uh, problem solving together from there. That is incredibly helpful. That space, that safe space to hear. I mean, so that's, that's what the mediator is doing, creating that mm -hmm. space, helping them find that space together. This is great. So, so I've got, we're going to the balcony, you know, get a new perspective, take some time away, um, blow off the steam first if you need to. And then addressing the person in person. I love that. Um, something we always do at camp, but making sure that we don't just let it fester. So we're going to address the problem promptly, um, whether it's between staff or whether it's between campers. And then I, I love how you emphasized that staff members are a model for the campers and how, how we treat them, how we handle conflict um, is incredibly important as we as we show them how to navigate these things, because we're not just showing them at camp and trying to make sure we have a, a good rest of the week. We're trying to make sure they have a good rest of their life and that they, they gather some of these life skills um, so that um, they learn how to work through these challenges rather than just closing in on themselves or unfriending the person or running away. Um, right. There's no anonymous at camp. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're unmasked in so many different ways at camp. Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be so uncomfortable for people. And in that, in that space of uncomfortability, um, sometimes these conflicts arise, um, yeah. and then creating that space to listen and hear and making sure that they, they, they are able to hear one another. Um, mm -hmm. that can be a challenging thing, um, mm -hmm. to set up a space like that. Mm -hmm. And I think staff don't always recognize the value in, <clears throat> in their, uh, listening skills. So. Listening to your camper is a powerful experience for your camper. I can still remember when, when my counselors would listen to me when I was a camper as a kid. And it was a, it was a powerful moment. Here's someone who I just totally idolize. I just think they're rad. And then they care to stop and listen to what I have to say. It's powerful. And your camper's not going to turn to you saying that was, you know, that was how powerful, you know, counselor Amber or counselor Jake. But it, it is a lasting impact that you can have with your camper to listen, to validate them, to uh, make sure that they understand that you heard them. Even if you're not all powerful and able to you know, solve all the problems, the, the act of listening, again, I think is really undervalued. That's ministry. Being there with the person fully, you know, being mm -hmm. present with them. Uh, so important at camp. Um, Amber, thank you so much for these insights. Um, did we miss something? Is there, is there, are there other things that you want to tell uh, the summer staff and the, the, the program directors and directors that are listening to this um, as we approach the summer? Well, have a wonderful summer. I'm very excited to, you know, see the photos and hear the stories. I know it's going to be wonderful. And I think 
again, as we're starting off the camp summer, have those conversations now about the expectations when conflict arise. So if you're the leadership, um, making it clear what the avenues are for different types of conflict uh, with your staff as they're fresh and they're excited and they're, they're listening to you. Um, it's a great opportunity to make those, those venues clear. And so then when things do happen, things can get addressed appropriately and uh, responsibly. Awesome. You know, this is, this is great. Making sure that it's explicit. It happens in training. It's written down. What do we do with a camper camper conflict? What do we do when there's a conflict between camper and staff, between two staff members, between a staff member and a leadership staff member, or even between a staff member and the director, you know, you know, making sure that, that everybody knows where these avenues are so that um, we can address them promptly and they don't just, we don't just gloss over them and say, oh, it's no big deal mm -hmm. um, because it could become a big deal real quickly. And as you, I mean, uh, that safety one on the high ropes course was a great example because we think it, it involves physical safety when somebody is not respecting the other person or there's a conflict in a situation like that. And there are, of course, other dangerous situations in our camps when we're out in the wilderness or canoeing or all these different things up the mountains. So um, really helpful. Yeah, returning staff are going to have some hysterical stories on ways that they like, you know, break stuff up. So tap those stories. That's a wealth of information that I'm sure your colleagues will have in terms of, you know, what they did when campers got too heated or, you know, when whatever went down. Um, those are excellent people to tap with the, within the context that you're working. Uh, ask those stories early so that you have some ideas and some tools in your tool belt before anything actually is happening. I think that's a good way to show up with confidence and then a, show, a good way to show up with um, ideas for addressing things well. Awesome. You heard it here, folks. Here's your homework. You know, start to, start to address these things right now. Um, plan on how you're going to do this in staff training, making sure that everybody's prepared, knowing to whom they're going in, ter in, in terms of conflict, and setting up these um, these important parameters of going to the balcony, addressing things in person, not letting things fester, and creating that safe space to hear the other and to really listen to the other that camp already provides, but you need to provide as well um, as a mediator in these circumstances. Um, this is awesome. Thank you so much, Amber, for being with us. Uh, this is a big topic, a big issue that people are dealing with right now. Um, they've noticed it so much at camp, especially last summer, that the incidents were on, on the rise. Um, and, and getting in front of it this summer is going to be incredibly important. So thank you so much for being with us. Oh, this is fun. Thanks, Jake. We'll see you next time on the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. This episode was produced by me, Jared Rendell, and featured Dr. Jake Sorensen, lead researcher and founder at Sacred Playgrounds, LLC. Our theme music was written and performed by Taylor Wilson. You can find his original songs wherever you get your music. Learn more and connect with the Sacred Playgrounds team at sacredplaygrounds.com.